Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. This is my mom. Am I going to get paid for this? <laughs> and Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Wake up, America. It's Monday, February 27th. Good morning, and welcome back to the final hour of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Gregory of Narek, Abbot and Doctor of the Church. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Uh, this morning, uh, we have the joy of having Patrick Madrid's right-hand man. Producer Cyrus is uh, with us in for Sarah, who is taking and enjoying the day off. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever you may be on this Monday morning here in the first week of Lent. It's always a joy to be with you to start the week uh, here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, uh, can you believe that March starts in just a couple of days on Wednesday? Wow. The uh, year has been just flying by. Uh, hard to believe. You can always send us an email directly with any of your comments or show ideas or thoughts. Morningair at relevantradio.com. If you want to uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, just go to Morning Air Show. That is our handle. Want to bring in my partner, Glenn. What are some of the big stories that you're keeping an eye on here uh, this hour, uh, making headlines on this Monday morning? Well, John, almost three years to the day after the big shutdown for COVID, uh, word comes out of uh, uh, the U.S. Energy Department that they have something classified as in low confidence, deciding that it was actually a lab in Wuhan that was the source uh, as opposed to the wet market or wherever uh, COVID might have come from. That info given uh, in a private intelligence briefing in the last month to some key lawmakers, and word is kind of coming out now. Other agencies uh, are not completely in agreement on that, but uh, this seems to be uh, at a lower level, but at least the strongest uh, to this point that officially points to the origins. Glenn, the first thing that comes to mind is what took them so long? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, there's been some people uh, who had a hunch and, 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 and had evidence and felt strongly about this. People like uh, Senator Tom Cotton and these people were canceled big time right from the beginning. He's not the only one. There were many, many people who were canceled just for even bringing up this opinion here three years later. Totally different story. Well, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told CNN Sunday there's still no definitive answer on the origins, but uh, like I say, the, the strongest to this point, pointing pointing to the lab. And uh, China, of course, not overly cooperative in this whole effort, so that's uh, part of the delay, I believe. To say the least, I mean, they, they, they're not, from what I understand, they have virtually not cooperated at all. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, um, we're uh, every, every day we're getting closer and closer uh, to uh, uh, the 2024 presidential election. Uh, President Biden says that he, in quotes, intends to run for president. What does that mean, Glenn? Uh, he wants to say that he doesn't, you know, he wants to say that he hasn't decided not to yet, I think, uh, <laughs> at least not ready to announce. And technically, once he announces the re-election campaign, then some technical legal things happen a little differently in terms of finances and what have you. So he hasn't technically announced he's uh, going to run for re-election yet, but he says he, he intends to. And, you know, if you parse that word uh, the way uh, President Clinton was so famous for doing uh, with every particular uh, word, uh, even down to two letters or even one, I guess, that, uh, you know, he can say, well, that's his intention, but he hasn't declared that he is yet. So 
Um, it, it depends a, on what a, a you mean by is, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's still a lot of questions out there uh, uh, from uh, the American people. A lot of people questioning uh, his age, of course, at 80 years old, whether he's up uh, for the job to be uh, the commander in chief one more time. And uh, a lot of polls in this uh, polls uh, from both sides of the aisle, in, including Democrats. Many, many Democrats don't want him to actually run. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the uh, you know a couple declared candidates on the Republican side, Mr. Trump, the first of those. Uh, many Republican polls show people don't want him running. Uh, same thing on the Democratic side. Uh, even though his uh, approval numbers are up from their their low point, and especially in the wake of uh, stronger than expected Democratic uh, midterm elections, uh, many Democrats still don't want uh, President Biden to run for for reelection. So something will shake out in the next few months, I'd think here. Uh, meanwhile, uh, so something that may have uh, uh, some more people in common on both sides of the aisle. Uh, let's talk about the Grinch that stole Christmas. <laughs> there's a there's a new uh, edition uh, that's coming out. What do you know? You know, I took the wreath on the front door down about a week ago. I think the neighbors still might have theirs up, so we can still talk Christmas things, I think. Uh, how the Grinch Stole Christmas, of course, the uh, Dr. Seuss classic from 1957. So many of us grew up uh, having that story read to us, maybe read it to our kids, certainly seen the uh, animated show on TV. Now there is going to be a sequel, a sequel uh, called How the Grinch Lost Christmas. It'll pick up a year after the original story showing the Grinch trying to win the Whoville Christmas crown by making the best Christmas tree. See, uh, after his heart grew those three sizes, he apparently became quite the, the Christmas fan, John. So this is a new and improved with a much larger heart version of the Grinch. Yeah, I would think so. I, I would think so. And that should be out in September. I love it. Stay tuned. As always, thanks so much, Glenn. Hey, sure thing, John. We begin every hour, as we always do, in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And this morning, we're going to pray in a special way through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, for peace uh, in Ukraine, peace in Europe. And uh, traditionally on Mondays, we also pray for the souls in purgatory of our relatives and our loved ones who need our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning. Wouldn't think of doing a show without the Holy Spirit. When we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, even though we are already here in this first full week of Lent, there is still time to elevate your Lent this year. In just a few minutes each day with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, they are just jam-packed with all kinds of interesting facts and teachings to help you learn more about the Mass and about your Catholic faith. See why these bite-sized videos had over a million views just last year. You can sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. It's still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. And the good news is 
they are free. That's relevantradio.com slash Lent. Now, this morning, we're going to continue our new series on morality, virtue, and freedom with our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters. Uh, in uh, today's uh, show, we're going to continue to talk about the cardinal virtues. Today, we're going to discuss the virtue of justice uh, from the Catechism of the Catholic Church as well as from Sacred Scripture. Our number, if you want to be part of the conversation, again, 888 Joining us live is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jokes Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the Baseball Priest, and a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Thanks so much for joining us once again. It's great to be with you on yet another Monday morning. Good morning, John. Good to be with you and uh, excited that uh, I know you and I love baseball and spring training is underway, so... Uh, getting excited for the upcoming season. Yeah, you are reading my mind, uh, especially as I'm, I'm mentioning you as being the chaplain of the Cubs. I can't help but think of spring training. I actually got a, a chance to see a little bit uh, of baseball over the weekends, Cubs and Giants on Saturday. Uh, their uh, game with the the uh, Dodgers yesterday. Got to see a little bit uh, of those guys. Boy, that's a fun place to be this time of year, and I, I understand you are heading in that direction soon. Yeah, I'll be going out uh, on March 19th in the evening and spend a couple days uh, visit the Cubs and, of course, our good friend uh, Mike Sweeney and some of the other, uh, you know, Catholic players uh, that are in Arizona. Really looking forward to it. It is so much fun to to be down and to be able to be a part uh, of spring training. Uh, Are you bringing your glove this time uh, like you have in the past? (laughs) I always keep it uh, handy. uh, you know, when, when Joe Madden was the manager, uh, he he let me practice with the team, and that was uh, just a, an amazing experience. Uh, um, David Ross, really good guy, uh, but probably not as maybe as adventurous, <laughs> I would say, as, as Joe Madden is. So I, I haven't been uh, practicing with the team since David Ross became manager, but that's okay. Uh, sure, what a thrill that must have been. Did, did you get to take some cuts in the cage? I, I did on the side, yeah. The, the biggest, I share this story often. So um, the first time I did it, it down in spring training, uh, it was during batting practice, and I went out in the outfield just to shag, you know, fly balls with the rest of the guys. And I was talking with Kyle Hendricks, one of the pitchers, who's just a great guy. And uh, as we're talking, these tears start to roll down my face. And I'm thinking, why am I crying? You know, it's a, there's no crying in baseball, I thought, uh, like the, in the movie. Um, and, uh, but what, what I realized was at that moment, it was that God was saying, this was your dream to be a major league baseball player, but now you're living my dream as a priest and you get to do it in the major leagues. And so it was just this overwhelming sense of, I thought I'd given up everything that I love to follow the Lord. And he brought it back to me just in surprising ways. And so every time I go to spring training or go to Wrigley field, I, I have that memory of how generous and abundant God's love is and how surprising his ways are if we just say yes to his will. What what a great story. Father Burke, you're bringing a tear to my eye. You know, when I was a young sports reporter, I don't know if I ever told you this, I got to work out with the Major League Cubs at Wrigley Field myself. I uh, was able to talk to Jim Fry and to let me go out there and shag fly balls. And I, too, 
had that experience. That was my dream at growing up to play Major League Baseball. I never got there, but at least I got a taste and a feel of what it was like to shag with the big boys at Wrigley. So, yes, God is good, and he's full of surprises. That's for sure. I think it's the dream of, you know, most uh, little boys in America. And I remember the first Cubs game I went to, I told myself, I said, I'm going to be on that field one day. And little did I know that it would be as a priest. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's just exciting. I can't wait. And I hear that the, the rule changes, you know, that it seems like the, the pitch clock is making the game go a little bit faster. I think trying to uh, reach the younger generation where they want things quick, you know, uh, they don't want to sit around for a three and a half hour game. Uh, but I think if, if you know the intricacies of baseball and what's going on behind every pitch, there's uh, a lot more going on than, than meets the eye. But, but I can see what they're trying to do. Sure, and I think it's going to take a while for everybody to uh, get adjusted to the new rules. How about the, the bigger bases as well, uh, Father? That, that was a surprise. And I was talking to Mike Sweeney. I said, what, why are they doing this? And he, and it makes sense. He said what it does is it makes uh, uh, first base to second base about four inches shorter. And what they're trying to encourage is base stealing. You know, uh, um, how many bang bang plays there are at second base and the catchers are getting so good at throwing guys out that they're trying to make the game a little more exciting. And so that's uh, part of the reason why they, why they've increased the, the base sizes. Four inches could be the, the difference between a stolen base and getting nailed at second. So, Father, we're going to have to do a whole show uh, on the spiritual lessons of baseball uh, coming up here this spring because there's just way too much that we could talk about before we get into our topic of the morning, uh, which is prudence. <laughs> which uh, Let's segue into to prudence. You know, you, you sometimes you hear little kids, you know, say to their parents, hey, that's not fair, you know, Mikey will say to his parents. Uh, there it's sort of in our in our DNA, even as small children. Can you explain to us what what is this virtue of justice? Yeah. So, as you were saying, we've all said it before, and especially here when kids are playing on the playground, that's not fair. They they have this innate sense of what's right and wrong, what is just. And um, for me, justice was always a very kind of nebulous idea. What what is justice? You know, I always thought of like courtrooms, but if you look at the catechism, I love this. It says justice is the moral virtue that consists in a constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. So if you just break it down, justice is giving God his due and justice is giving our neighbor their due. So if we begin with justice to God, um, I had never really thought about this until I got to seminary. They said justice to God is what we call religion. So, if you think about it, everything that we have is a gift from God. Look around this beautiful world, it's a gift from God. The very life that we have is a gift from God. The, the breath, every heartbeat, our, our gifts and talents, our, our finances, everything is a gift from God. So in justice, we really owe God everything. And so you think about it, you go into Mass and praying and worshiping God is part of justice because it's due God. We, we owe God, uh, you know, everything. And so I say that not to say that Mass just has to be this obligation and duty, but it's a sense of, uh, uh, a spiritual sense of giving back to God uh, in a small sense of everything that he's given me. 
And it also speaks to, even when I don't, you know, feel like it, or I, you know, people say, well, I don't get anything out of mass. I always say, what do you bring into it? What can you give God thanks for, uh, for this week? And it's part of justice, giving God his due. And if you think about it, uh, we could never pay back uh, to the Lord uh, what he has done for us. Uh, I, I, I just was thinking, you know, when you receive the Holy Eucharist, right before you receive it, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you. Only say the word and my soul shall be healed. You know, we're unworthy servants. Absolutely. And also you think about it, Mass, uh, at the preface. So before the Eucharistic prayer, the priest says, the Lord be with you, with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. And what do the people say? It is right and just. And after uh, going through this teaching on, on justice, I thought, oh, there it is. And then the priest usually says something like, it is truly right and just to give God thanks and praise. Injustice, we should give him thanks and praise for everything. So it really has opened my eyes, even as a celebrant of a Mass, to say, this is what we, oh God, this is due to God. And so one hour out of 168 hours every week is a very small portion of what is due to God. And so to think about how can I, throughout my day, uh, all during the day, how can I give God thanks and praise for all that he's done for me? That's it's actually part of justice, which is called the virtue of religion. You know, many people have probably never heard that term. It, uh, the virtue of religion is giving God his due. Yeah, when I think of the virtue of religion, I think of sometimes I, I hear from our um, evangelical brothers and sisters who uh, claim, oh, you don't need religion. All you need is a personal relationship uh, with Jesus. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Uh, I'm sure you've heard it. Obviously. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, it's important to have a personal relationship with Jesus, absolutely. But, but religion is this gathering together as the body of Christ, as the church, to worship him. We need one another. Uh, of course, we need God first and foremost. Um, but the early apostles, you know, Acts two forty two, it says they they uh, they shared prayer in common. They shared the breaking of the bread or the Eucharist, the teaching of the apostles, and uh, and community. And so there was this from the very beginning that was part of this uh, virtue of religion is this gathering together to worship God. And then the second part of justice is the worship. I mean, not the worship. Uh, justice toward our neighbor, that, you know, our neighbor truly has a claim on each one of us because, you know, Thomas Aquinas says that we're born into a network of persons, that everything that we do affects, whether directly or indirectly, everyone. So if, if we stop and think about that, you know, if, if I have an abundance of goods and there's a, a poor person on my doorstep, you know, it comes right out of Scripture, injustice you know, the, the gifts and talents that God has spread out all over the world, and justice, I should feed this person. I'm not talking about communism in that sense, but just in, in justice, um, we are called to, to help our neighbor, that, that God has blessed us in order that we, we help one another. Other things that we owe or that are due to our neighbor, honesty, respect, kindness, gratitude, um, this is where we get our, our teaching on pro-life, where the dignity of every human person is justice. You know, we should respect the rights and dignity of, of every human person. 
and uh, how we treat others uh, can make a huge difference. We, we can either lift up or tear down our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. There's, to think about this, there's no such thing as uh, a private sin, you know, and that's where pornography has become so um, damaging to our society. The evil one wants to make us think, well, this doesn't hurt anybody. It's just you. And, uh, but no, every sin, no matter how private or public we think it is, it affects others because we are part of the mystical body of Christ. And so it really makes me stop and think when, when I have temptation, well, wow, this isn't just about me and God, this is about the whole community. And so, you know, the, the golden rule and the greatest commandment, you know, uh, well, the greatest commandment, love God and love your neighbor speaks to this virtue of justice and the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So to, this all comes out of this, uh, this virtue of justice, which has made me think of it in completely different terms. I'm not in a courtroom. This is just part of uh, how we are called to live in, in community in relation to God and in relation to our neighbor. And Father Burke, uh, in our uh, modern secular world, we often hear the term social justice a lot. But what is social justice according to uh, the Catholic Church and its teachings? Yeah, so in Rerum Novarum, uh, which, which came out under Pope Leo XIII, he says there's a universal destination of goods. That's a, a term the Church uses, meaning that all of creation is for mankind as a whole. And so we still have a right to private property, you know, so we're not saying that, again, we're not talking about communism in that sense of uh, political communism, but we're talking about we can have the right to property, but everything is ultimately directed to the good of all for the common good. So as I was saying, so the, the starving sick person in our community does in some way have a claim on our abundance of food. And so we have a duty in justice. We have a duty to give them their due and help feed the poor. And so part of Lent is almsgiving. And it is, um, you know, it, it flies in the face of our, our pride and selfishness and vanity. Um, it's, it's about giving to others uh, and generously to realize that this life isn't just about me, um, but it's about being a part of this, you know, community of children of God. If I'm a child of God, and I am, and you are, then we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And I was just thinking of, of Cain and Abel, you know, Cain said, you know, am I my brother's keeper? When he was asked where his brother Abel was and like yes, uh, in justice we we are on for for helping one another. So something important to keep in mind, not only in this Lenten season, but always. Well, there's something to be said for justice towards uh, our very parents as well. In the final moments here, a, a word on on uh, justice towards uh, mother and father. Yes. Yeah, so the you know the fourth commandment is honor your father and mother, um, but. You think about it, our, our parents are, are co-creators with God. And so part of justice is giving due honor and respect to our parents. And so to think about that, uh, even, you know, sometimes maybe we didn't have uh, maybe the best of parents, the best relationship, but part of, part of justice is owing the gratitude and honor for the gift of life that our parents have given us. Now, I know there's a lot of other things that maybe a healing that has to happen in that realm. But uh, to think about, start to think about you know, the relationships in your life 
and and how this virtue of justice can can impact those. What do I owe uh, to those people around me in the sense of gratitude, honor, respect, respecting their dignity? Very interesting uh, uh, topic. It's a big topic, and uh, I really appreciate uh, your insights, uh, Father Burke, as always. Thanks so much for being with us uh, here on this Monday morning. Always a pleasure, John. Blessings to you and, and all the listeners. Father Burke Masters, uh, the baseball priest and longtime morning air contributor. We need to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by career coach Bruce Lockenauer. We'll talk to us about the, the recent layoffs in the workplace and uh, go over the 12 steps for landing your dream job. So stay with us. There is uh, much more to come down the stretch, final half hour of this Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is Morning Air with John Morales, Sarah Tafoya, and Glenn Leverett on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. Muy buenos dias. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Cyrus of uh, the Patrick Madrid Show fame. He is in for us this morning, filling in uh, for Sarah, who is off today. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday morning here in this first week of Lent. A number of you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. As we do every morning, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ promised before he ascended into heaven that he would be with us always. Jesus is always present to us now and forever. He has no reason to change because he is God in the flesh. He cannot change. Even though we live in a world that's always changing and eventually will pass away, the word made flesh, Jesus the Lord, will never, ever change he is with us always. He's with us in many different ways, but he is with us, especially through the Holy Spirit in the most holy Eucharist. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew Mariani prays every afternoon during the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. Once again, it's time to continue our series on how to land your dream job. Joining us live is Morning Air contributor and career coach Bruce Lockenauer to continue to talk about some of the recent layoffs despite the strong economy. We're also going to go over the 12 steps for landing your dream job. Bruce has a bachelor's degree in economics from Northwestern University, MBA from Harvard. He spent the last 25-plus years working with public and private company board of directors, CEOs, and top executives on their career and talent needs. Of course, you can always send your questions to Bruce, bruce at relevantradio.com, and uh, he will also take your calls, 888 Good morning, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be with you once again. Can you believe it? Here we are in the first week of Lent. Happy Lent. Happy Lent, John. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to join you. Well, Bruce, uh, we've been talking uh, in recent shows uh, about uh, different layoffs, uh, the tech layoffs, more recently just the layoffs in general, but um, how these layoffs have been occurring despite what uh, has been reported as a strong economy. I want to spend some time talking about uh, those folks who may have been laid off. 
What do you? What kind of advice do you have for for people listening to us this morning who are going through that experience of having been laid off, Bruce? Yeah, John. Not only those who have been laid off, but if if or if you know someone who's been laid off, I think these these pointers may help because it's a huge deal, John. Uh, to if if you lose your job, it's more than just the fender bender. You know, a little accident you had and it makes it for a bad day. You know, there are financial concerns, there are emotional uh, repercussions. It's a blow. It's a blow to these people. So I, you know, and as we're saying this, I'm praying for those who who, who have been laid off. And John, that's the, the that's the truth of it. But also, it's an opportunity. You know, let's let's flip it and look at it as an opportunity to get back to basics. Because I think if you do, you're going to allow our Lord to work through this difficult situation and make your life even better. Because that's what He wants for us. So my you know my advice to our listeners is to get back to basics, John, both spiritual and physical. So what do I mean spiritual? Well, obviously, it's <laughs> what our whole Relevant Radio Network is about. It's 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 getting back to the basics on spiritual. And the first place to start is to go to confession. You know, it's a great opportunity to either you go if if, if you haven't been for a while, or bring that friend who or a family member who's been laid off, and clear the decks and open up the channel of grace and communication with our Lord by doing by by having a good confession. That also kind of opens up your channel for prayer, John, because I think you know. Our Lord's got something in store for, for us, and it helps, you know, if we spend a little time listening to what he wants. And I would recommend going into, you know, the, the, you know, St. Teresa of Avila would say, go and pray. I suggest you go into a church and put yourself in the gospel scene. So imagine yourself as a character. Uh, other, others have recommended this as a means for prayer because it kind of gets you out of where you are and into the, our Lord and, and what he's doing. And then listen and ask and tee up your questions for him. And John, as I'm sure you know, you'll be amazed at what you can hear. Um, I always love the prayer, Lord, you know, the blind beggar, beggar, uh, Bart, uh, was it? I Bartimaeus. Name, Bartimaeus, yes, yes, yes. Lord, that I may see. And then um, you may not always like what, you, what you're going to see, but you will see things if you put yourself in that position. And John, another, another suggestion, and I've heard from listeners, I've heard from family members, is to go on a relevant radio app. On the top right-hand corner on prayer and get the prayers, go to the novenas, and you can see a, a novena to St. Joseph. Say that for nine days and, uh, and, and wait and see what our Lord has in store for you. There's no question that uh, prayer is powerful. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how many times I, I listen to people who have lost their jobs or been laid off and, and call uh, Drew in the afternoon during the Chapel of Divine Mercy or call Father Rocky during the Family Rosary Across America uh, with heartfelt prayers. That they're, they're clamoring for help. Please, Lord, open the door for me. John, God wants the good for us. And, you know, if we align ourselves with him and his will and give and give ourselves a chance listen good grief in this world we are so busy we're so preoccupied there's so much going on those cell phones are a blessing and a curse we're constantly having things going on and yet when you're laid off or your friend is laid off all of a sudden you've got an opportunity to take a quick step back and really make sure you're aligned and it's what our 12 steps do too john but make sure you're aligned with what our lord wants for you this this may be an opportunity for a new chapter I know we've had a lot of listeners that have, have uh, over time, sent us emails saying, gee whiz, you know, here's my situation. And with all these layoffs, 
uh, and they're not quite as broad as, as they're publicized to be, but, but still, there are layoffs affecting people over time and now, and it's important to recognize that it is, it's a big deal, John, and, and we, we want to pray for those people, and if you're one of those people, you want to step up your prayer. Well, this is what I love about our discussions, uh, Bruce. Even though we're talking uh, about landing uh, that dream job, there's always a spiritual perspective. There, there's a way that we can look at this uh, from a godly point of view. Uh, in the fact that you're bringing in confession, bringing in prayer, this is what we do here at Relevant Radio. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Saint Jose Maria used to say, "Do everything humanly possible and everything supernaturally possible." So we're talking talking about the supernaturally supernatural aspects of of how to deal with, with uh, being laid off. But also, I think it's a time for you to pay attention to phys- the physical side as well, to take care of yourself, get exercise. I had a, a, a loss in my life. I remember uh, a, a dear priest who said, Bruce, what you need to do is surf a lot. John, I'm a surfer, and uh, at that time I was living uh, not far from the beach. And the point was, I needed to get out and get some exercise. Because I think uh, exercise, eating well, Getting sufficient sleep, taking it easy on alcohol. Yeah, you know, and you don't have to surf, you know, to, to exercise. Maybe it's going for a long walk uh, every day, and just being outside, getting some sunlight, helps you physically recover from what has been a huge blow. You know, I think this is this is not far from from. It's not quite the same, but it's. But I think you go through the same stages of grief as losing a loved one. Um, it's. It's a, it's a big blow. So you need to make sure that you're aligned spiritually and aligned physically to get back on your feet, get in that market and, and get that job back. Because there have been a bunch of studies, John, that have shown that unemployed people have issues. They can have psychological issues. They can have long-term issues. So you want to get on your feet as quickly as you can, both spiritually and physically. And then, you know, uh, let's let's tap into this job market that we have been talking about, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. For sure. And and there's been all kinds of studies, and, uh, you know, I, you hear, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists uh, talk about uh, that in, when, you're, when you're down, and I mean, you, you can be really, really down when you've been laid off. When you're down, if you exercise, it's as good as taking uh, meds. It actually, in some ways, could be even better than taking medication. Oh, no question. No doubt. And, you know, on the prayer front, something that, that just occurred to me while we we're talking is it's not it, 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 it's it's also an opportunity to ask others for prayers. Hey, could you pray for me? You know, I'm going through this difficult time. Ask the kids or, or um, grandkids to, to pray for a special intention for mom and dad or grandpa. Um, you know, it again, it I, I guarantee God doesn't put us in miserable places to have us suffer. He, he's got something in store for the for those folks. And by by helping him help us, by being, as you said, getting that exercise so that you can feel mentally sharp and good and doing the, and getting spiritually aligned, you're going to be ready to hit that job market. I want to open up uh, the phone lines for our listeners. Uh, if you've been laid off, uh, if you've dealt with being laid off and you'd like to, to share, if any of the things that we've been talking about uh, hit home, uh, resonate with you, we'd love to hear from you. Um, any thoughts on uh, uh, the recent layoffs or landing a dream job? We are taking your calls for career coach Bruce Lockenauer, 888 914 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short time out as we continue our discussion with Bruce. Stay with us. Much more to come on the other side. 
Looking at life from a Catholic worldview, this is Morning Air. Jump into the conversation. Call 888-914-9149. Everybody's working for the weekend. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As we uh, continue our conversation with Morning Air contributor Bruce Lockenauer, our career coach. We've been talking about uh, some of the recent layoffs uh, that have been happening all across our country. And um, we've been discussing, uh, you know, some of the different uh, spiritual and, and other strategies of how to deal uh, with these layoffs. Uh, Bruce, before the break, um, we were talking about how, uh, you know, we, you receive emails for, from our listeners uh, on, on a regular basis. And again, if anybody uh, would like to, to send Bruce an email, it's bruce at relevantradio.com. But uh, recently you received a couple emails that we want to highlight. Yeah, John, we got one from a woman who's a corporate trainer in Northern California, and she's been struggling to find work since uh, late last summer uh, and wants to also find a way to maybe wrap her faith uh, around her work. And we talked about that, John, at one point that anyone can sanctify their ordinary work, but, but let's, uh, let's, let's, let's think about what's good for her. And another email came from the brother of a gentleman who was let go last year. And although he found another position, he's got one where he has to commute a long distance and is getting less than he received previously. So let's let's put this into context. Again, you know, we talked about how to handle uh, the, the spiritual and physical aspects. And then, you know, I think I always go back to be not afraid. John Paul the Great, who, uh, who said, you know, ha- trust, trust in our Lord. And I also think about these times as the, the footsteps on the beach, John. You know, when you look back at your life with our Lord and you see his right next to you, all of a sudden there's only one set of footsteps when he's carrying you on his back. That's, that's what's going to that's what's gonna happen as these people go through these challenges. Again, but to put it in perspective with these corporate layoffs, the layoffs also aren't as big as they publicize. You know, it drives me crazy. They, they, uh, the companies put out the press release, their stock goes up, but then the good news is they don't always cut back as much as they say. The Wall Street Journal had an article last week that looked at two examples. One was Dropbox, a tech company that said, uh, we're going to cut 11%, and they actually ended up cutting 3% of, of, of their team. Still, the, you know, there were people that were laid off, which is serious. Kimberly Clark, a couple of years ago, announced they're going to have 5,500 people let go. It actually turned out it was a little more than 1,000. Um, and we're in an environment where unemployment is still at a 50-year low at 3.4%. We talked about this last time. John, you go to Florida, it's 2.5%. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, amazing. So there are jobs out there. The corporate trainer, and she should, you know, my, 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 my advice to her is to, to, to go through the, the 12 steps and really focus on the first one to see, in addition to training and, and finding something to do with the church, are there other things that you could, that she could do that might be of interest? By going to ONET, we talked about that before, and putting in your, your skills and interests and desires, you might see a litany of different opportunities. I don't know. It could be a Catholic school teacher. It could be, could be uh, you know, a, a bunch of different things for her. So I would encourage her to broaden, broaden her, her, her view of what uh, is out there. And the, the guy with the long commute, John, you know, when you're when you're in the situation of having been laid off, there's a temptation to just grab the first thing that's out there. There's financial pressures and, and all sorts of things. So now that he's got something, I've got two suggestions for him, John. Uh, you'll recall he's commuting a long time and, and not making as much as he did before. 
Strategy one, we've talked about this in a previous show, John, is to present the situation to his boss, you know, annual review time or find an opportunity to sit down with his boss and, and explain. Gee, I really enjoy working here. I think it's a good culture fit. I'm struggling a little bit with the commute and I'm making less than I did before. Is there anything that we can do to address these things? You know, you know, help me. You know, is there is there a way that we might be able to have me work remotely two days a week, three days a week, what have you? And or, you know, what other things can we do on the compensation side? Is there an objective, a stretch objective that you might have for me that we could tie a bonus to so I can get back to where I was before? So that's that's approach number one for that gentleman. And then approach number two is hit the 12 steps, John. Light up your network. Absolutely. absolutely. In in fact, you know, it it, it reminds me that, you know, in Lent, we're we're supposed to go back to basics, to the fundamentals. Well, uh, when talking about landing that dream job, there are also uh, basics, uh, which you call the 12 steps. In fact, it's been a while since we have gone over them. I thought maybe we could uh, real briefly uh, summarize. You bet. You bet. So the first thing is to discern prayerfully what's next. And we talked about how to do that by going to confession, et cetera. You know, what role, what sector, what company? And there are tools out there that can help you think broadly. It's a great exercise to go through. You may end up in the same area where you're worried, but you might not. Then secondly, you need to develop your marketing materials, John. And we talked about this. It's not only your resume, and yes, you still need a resume most times, but LinkedIn and your social media, they all have to be aligned to tell the same story about you. The third step is to create your networking strategy. And this is key. We've talked about this. Fewer than 15% of job postings result in a, have someone come in and results in a placement. The vast majority of jobs are filled through networking, reaching out to people, making them aware of your situation and asking them for help, not asking them for a job. Prepare your elevator pitch, you know, just 20 words or less, who you are, what, what, what you do and what you're looking for. Uh, the fifth step, John, was connecting with headhunters. Uh, just, again, raising awareness, uh, because there, there is a, a fair amount of uh, opportunity, there are a fair amount of opportunities that are worked on by external recruiters and internal recruiters at companies. Then the sixth step was to sharpen your interviewing skills. And John, you and I love talking about how preparation in anything in life is key. You gotta do your homework. You dig in, f- understand the company, talk to other people that have worked there, and, and have a, a, a good bead on exactly what they need and how you can solve whatever issue they're working on. Then we get uh, to preparing for an offer. And, and remember that, that an offer is more than just the salary. There are lots of aspects. As we talked about this, this poor guy who's got the long commute, it, it may, you know, part of the offer and part of the, the opportunity is the ability to work remotely uh, and, and other things. The uh, eighth step, John, and, and we had a lot of fun talking about negotiations. Even had uh, uh, the Stanford Business School professor who teaches this uh, opine on this uh, negotiate well, and that means making it a joint problem-solving session, not a, a winner-take-all, not a, a zero-sum game, but rather let's collaborate, let's work together to solve this. You know, we, we, you, you know, we're we're in a situation. The whole the whole process is about finding the fit and being happy with what's going on. And then uh, the negotiation is still working together and not, not an adversarial thing. Conducting thorough due diligence, you can't do enough. You want to know before you leap. And completing any assessments that they have, honestly, because that culture fits the number one reason why people don't succeed in a role. You want to make sure that you fit well culturally. References and background checks, you've got to be, be transparent there. And then finally, 
Um, if you are in a job and you're leaving that, that one for a new one, exit gracefully, avoid counteroffers, and thank everybody that helped you along the process, John. By doing that, especially up front, the, the, the first couple steps in this job market, those, 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 those folks who have been laid off should be able to come up with a, a job and find out that God had something else uh, in mind for them, and God willing, it'll be even better. Trust in the Lord with all your heart uh, is at the, at the bottom line, really, uh, at the end of the day. Bruce, as always, uh, really appreciate you, you being with us. Uh, real quick, where can our listeners uh, find you? Yeah, please don't hesitate to send me an email at bruce at relevantradio.com. Thanks so much, as always. Really do appreciate it. Our career coach and morning air contributor, Bruce Lockenauer. Now it's time for yet another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called They Need Us Now by Carol Boucher-Ottlinger. I see them in the nursing home as they try and keep their pride. They ask me if I'll take them home because they need a ride. Then tears well up within their eyes and their hands hold tight to mine. Soon, I whisper, you'll be home and all things will be fine. I sing a song of yesterday. For a minute, they recall. Then the blank looks back again. It's as though they've lost it all. They were teachers, bankers, mothers. They were fathers, big and strong. And now their fragile bodies don't know where they belong. I call their name. They don't look up. I hug their thin, small frames. They lean on me for just a while. They don't even know their names. I leave them with an aching heart, knowing someday I'll be among the very many who have drifted off the sea. The billows roll, the thunder roars. Somehow the ship steers straight, for at the helm our master stands, taking us to heaven's gates. Isaiah 46.4, even your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Really do appreciate it. I want to remind our listeners, you can always go back and download any of Glenn's Story Corners or Morning Air Conversations that you might want to listen to again or share it with uh, friends or family online at relevantradio.com or just go to the Relevant Radio mobile app. Go to Shows on Demand and you can download our podcast. That'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air for Glenn. And a big thank you to Cyrus uh, stepping in for Sarah, who's taking the day off today. Thanks so much, Cyrus, uh, for everything this morning.